I'm Father Ron Shibley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church, and I welcome you to this podcast homily for Six Sunday After Trinity. It is the seventh in a series of 26 homilies for Trinity season. Revisions to this series are part of the AIC celebration of the start of its second decade on the web. The musical theme is the fourth verse of Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, performed by Richard M.S. Irwin and used with his permission. It is also the theme music for the companion video presentation for Trinity Season. Listeners may benefit from the companion AIC seasonal video series Trinity Tide, the teaching season, presented in nine episodes, each of them linked from the digital library page with podcast versions linked from the podcast archive page at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. The series offers a brief history of the evolution of Whitsunday Pentecost and Trinity season, Anglican traditions of Whitsunday and Trinity, including the seasonal color and fasting traditions, and commentary on the Collect Epistle and Gospel readings for Whitsunday, Pentecost, Trinity Sunday, all 24 Sundays after Trinity, and Sunday next before Advent in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer. The Collect Epistle and Gospel readings for Six Sunday After Trinity are also discussed in Episode 4. The Epistle reading for Six Sunday After Trinity, Romans 6, verses 3 to 11, is St. Paul's mini-homily on the Christian doctrine of the sacrament of baptism as a form of death to sin and rebirth in Jesus Christ. He offered a similar and much longer message in his first epistle to the Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 20 to 58, used in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer in the burial office. The Gospel reading for Sixth Sunday after Trinity, Matthew chapter 5, verses 20 to 26, is the first of eight readings from the Gospel of Matthew for the Sundays after Trinity. The subject on which Jesus had been speaking before we enter the scene is righteousness, which is continued in the opening verse and will be carried later into a strong suggestion concerning the manner of conflict resolution. Unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is here referring to the form of self-righteousness practiced by the scribes and Pharisees. Their righteousness was external in the form of pious appearance and speech and rigid application of scriptural interpretation of their own creation, such as numbering the commandments being 613 and not 10, in modern contemporary language, they are similar to the new minister of magic in the Harry Potter series, whose name is Pious Thickness. He would later call them whited sepulchers in Matthew 23, verse 27, part of the Woe to You series of accusations that are unique to St. Matthew's Gospel. Modern Christians, especially those within liturgical denominations such as the Anglican, need to be especially careful not to make false assumptions about ourselves, such as assuming that any of the following are absolute indications of righteousness. 
wearing the right garments, here I mean both the clergy robes and stoles and other finery, and the suits, dresses, shoes, watches, jewelry, etc. of the laity, eating the right foods, worshiping exactly the right way, praying at the appropriate times and number of times a day, following all the appointed restrictions. True righteousness, in the sense Jesus meant, is spiritual, that is, inward-driven. It cannot be determined by mathematical or liturgical formulas. In two verses just before we enter St. Matthew's account, Jesus offers this cautionary advice, verses 18 to 19. For assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or tittle will by no means pass from the law until all is fulfilled. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever does them and teaches them, keep those two verbs in mind as we enter fully into the account. It appears from the context that the scribes and Pharisees who had been present until now in St. Matthew's accounts have now left the scene on the mountainside. Nonetheless, it is to their type of severe, literal-minded interpretation that Jesus is speaking when he said in verse 21, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. In the 4th century, the AIC's patron, St. John Chrysostom, taught that Jesus is here avoiding directly contradicting the Pharisees, but is instead offering something better, that he is warning them that they have obsessed too much on detail and it is time to move on to something better. Saying in verse 22a, But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause, shall be in danger of the judgment. Under Jewish law, a man who called another man a fool, or raka, which means empty-headed, might be brought before the Sanhedrin council for punishment. Thus, what Jesus says next means that there is a more important council than the Sanhedrin when it comes to judgment. Jesus said in verse 22b, And whoever says to his brother, raka, shall be in danger of the council, but whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hell fire. In verses 23 and 24, Jesus continues with this better, practical, and not theoretical way of thinking. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. In the final passages, verses 25 and 26, Jesus continues this new form of guidance on daily conduct. Agree with your adversary quickly while you are on the way with him, lest your adversary deliver you to the judge, the judge hand you over to the officer, and you be thrown into prison. Assuredly, I say to you that you will by no means get out of there until you have paid the last penny. These podcast homilies are meant to help listeners understand the meaning 
of what has been read so that they can put the teachings of Jesus into practice in their daily lives. In this case, the lesson in the reading is that if you wish to live by the advice Jesus gave, then if you harbor any grievances with someone else, whether in your local congregation or in your family or near you where you live, take this moment, if not right now, then when you get home, and resolve all your small differences with anyone before they grow into something larger, remembering always that the burden falls on those who refuse to accept reconciliation. Other AIC resources on topics discussed in this podcast homily for six Sunday after Trinity are from the AIC's Christian Education video series, The Lord's Prayer, The Petition to Forgive Trespasses, is discussed in episode two, in Lives of the Saints. From the first series, St. Matthew is the focus of episode one and St. Paul of episode five. From the second series, St. John Chrysostom is the subject of episode 9 and episode 10, and Archbishop Cranmer is the subject with two other English martyrs of episode 28. Episodes in seasonal videos and Christian education videos linked from the digital library page, Bible study videos from the Bible study page, and podcast versions of all three from the podcast archive page. From the AIC Bookstore Publications in the Gospel of Matthew, annotated and illustrated, St. Matthew's complete account of the Sermon on the Mount is discussed and illustrated in Chapter 5, 6, and 7. The three chapters include many rarely seen illustrations, including hand-painted illuminations in temper and gold on parchment and colors and gold on parchment, an oil on copper, and an engraving on wood. The cover illustration is an illumination of Matthew writing his gospel from the pericope book of Henry II, produced in the scriptorium at Reichenau Monastery, Reichenau, Germany, in the first quarter of the 11th century. In the layman's lexicon, entries of interest are baptism, Hades, offices, especially the burial office, Righteous slash righteousness and virtues. All the AIC bookstore publications are available using the virtual bookstore link at the bottom of the home page at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net or directly from my Amazon author central page https colon right slash right slash www dot amazon dot com right slash author right slash ronald hyphen e hyphen shibley everything after dot com must be in lowercase letters the first closing prayer is a 19th century morning prayer from the metropolitan filaret of moscow on dealing with the challenges of living a christian life daily The second prayer is the Collect for Sixth Sunday after Trinity, which Archbishop Cranmer adapted for the 1549 Book of Common Prayer from the Gregorian Sacramentary, from which it was adapted from the earlier Gelasian Sacramentary, as they were used in the Church of England in the Sarum Rite. O Lord, grant me to greet the rest of the coming day in peace. Help me in all things to rely upon thy holy will. 
In every hour of this day reveal thy will to me. Bless my dealings with all who surround me. Teach me to treat all that comes to me with peace of soul and with firm conviction that thy will governs all. In all my deeds and words guide my thoughts and feelings. In unforeseen events let me not forget that all are sent by thee. Teach me to act firmly and wisely without embittering or embarrassing others. Send down thy Holy Spirit to direct my will and to lead me in my prayer life this day. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord. Amen. And now the collect. O God, who hast prepared for those who love thee such good things as past man's understanding, pour into our hearts such love toward thee, that we, loving thee above all things, may obtain thy promises, which exceed all that we can desire. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church, and we invite you to visit our website, and use its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.